Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast today. Today is Friday, February the 21st. This is episode number 888. And today I am in beautiful Lakeland, Florida. And we're going to be starting our Faith That Speaks Florida conference really soon. It starts at seven o'clock this evening. And Thousand Oaks, California, we are coming your way next. We're going to be there March 13th and 14th. If you guys are interested in joining us, you can get your tickets at Heidi stjohn.com forward slash events. Also, I'm going to let you guys know if you're not in the Los Angeles area, I'm going to be joining my dear friend Kathy Cook for the Hearts to Moms Conference in Peoria, Illinois uh, on March 6th and 7th. So come on out for that. Today is Meet My Friend Friday, and I've got a fantastic guest on the show with me today. My friend Steve Lambert is here, and we're going to be talking about how to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday. It's always a fantastic Friday when I'm in Florida, and I'm in Florida today. If you guys have not gotten tickets to come down, we can accommodate you at the door, but we'd really like to hear from you today so that we can be sure to have lunch for you by tomorrow. Check it out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events, and you can get your tickets for Faith That Speaks. Uh, Elizabeth Johnston is here with me and Kathy Barnett, and uh, we are getting ready to have a wonderful time of worship and teaching starting tonight at 7 p.m. and then all day tomorrow. All right, you guys know that I love to have people on the show who are off the bench and onto the battlefield, and today is no different. I am thrilled today because one of my favorite people in the whole world, uh, Steve Lambert, is on the show with me today. Steve and I have been kicking around, Steve and I and uh, his wife, Jane, who, as many of you know, is the author of a very popular homeschool curriculum called Five in a Row. Uh, Steve is on the show with me today largely because he is about as off the bench as I've ever seen him in his whole life. And so we're going to talk about that and answer some questions from listeners. And I know you guys are going to be so encouraged. Steve, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Good to be with you. I so wish I was not by phone because I'd love to be at Faith That Speaks tonight. What a great opportunity for 20 gals down there in Florida. I had a chance to hear you do that in Silver City. It was amazing. I saw about 500 people's lives changed. I wish, so wish I could be there this weekend, but I know you're going to bless a lot of people's lives. Thank you so much. Well, it's always encouraging. And I, I do believe we're coming back to Kansas City early in 2021. So we're excited about that. And you guys have been part of my uh, conferences around the nation now for a long time. So it's been fun to sort of watch it grow and see the Lord kind of change it and move it. And so uh, we're excited about being here. In, and hello, it's it's February in Florida. Who doesn't want to be in Florida? in February, right? Right. So you are doing something pretty amazing right now. So I get uh, letters from listeners all the time. And so we're going to talk about how you got off the bench and onto the battlefield. But before I get into that, uh, I'm going to actually bring one of our podcast listeners questions to your attention because two things that kind of got my attention about this. One, you're from Kansas City, a huge fan of the Chiefs. Am I right? Absolutely. Go Chiefs. 50 years it took us to get back to the Super Bowl and win it. So Patrick Mahomes is our guy and people all over the United States are rooting for the Chiefs now because Patrick Mahomes is, is just a joy to watch. 
Yeah, that's true. And you kind of got me into it because, as you know, I'm not much of a sports girl. And I know, uh, you know, that this this week we've been talking a little bit about the halftime show. I was actually en route to Greenville and you texted me and said, just don't even bother watching the halftime show because uh, it's terrible. Uh, why did you think it was terrible, friend? Well, I thought it was R-rated at best, and there were moments that bordered on X-rated. And this is supposed to be family entertainment. This is one of the biggest sporting events uh, in the annual calendar, regardless of the sport. Super Bowl is the most expensive ads, the biggest viewing audience, over $100 million. And each year, it seems like the halftime show caters more and more to a different demographic than families. So there yeah. were stripper poles and just all kinds of bizarre things going on. And I, and I thought it was kind of tragic, to be honest. Yeah, well, it is because think of all the parents who are watching this and they're thinking, hey, you know, we've got all our Super Bowl food out. I know a lot of churches had Super Bowl parties. Right. And uh, I'm just like, dude, I guess you're just going to have to turn it off now at halftime and, and maybe come up with your own halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of churches did that this year. They they watched the first 15 seconds and turned it off and then came back 30 minutes later for the rest of the game. But from our yeah, point, of view, right. point of view, the game didn't really start until seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. We were behind by 10 and came back to win by 11, scored 21 points in the last seven minutes of the game. So that's really all you needed to watch was the last seven minutes. Yeah. Well, and happy for me, that's all I did watch. <laughs> <laughs> you got the very best. I got the very best. Speaking of the Chiefs, uh, I got a question from a listener that I haven't gotten before. And I thought, I'm going to throw this out to you because you live in the area and you're familiar, uh, well, you'll be familiar with the context of the letter. So here we go. She says, hi, Heidi. Now that the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl, what are your thoughts on the Bob Jones prophecy about end times revival when they won? I must admit, I never heard about it until a friend sent me a link to it. Watching some of the Chiefs games, It does seem that some of them may have been divinely directed coming back from losing to win by miles. What, if anything, should we do or say in response to this? I do believe the end times are close, but I'm hesitant to jump on just any prophecy train. So first of all, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who don't know who Bob Jones is, probably likely because he is from your area. So maybe give us a little bit of history on where this question is coming from, and then I'd love to hear your answer. Yeah, Bob Jones um, was a fellow who was very active uh, here in Kansas City in a lot of the church activities uh, in the 80s. Uh, I've met Bob several times back in the 80s and uh, uh, felt like I knew him reasonably well. He, uh, I, I haven't had any contact with him in 30-some-odd years, and he passed away a few years back. But I know that uh, Bob had a number of prophecies. Some seemed to be uh, supernaturally true. Others... Couldn't tell, never knew for sure, you know, what exactly had transpired with those. But uh, uh, I never heard him personally offer any sort of prophecies about the Chiefs. And I know that Mike Bickle, who was the pastor uh, over uh, Bob at that time and now runs a ministry called IHOP, International House of Prayers. I know Mike just said recently he also uh, never heard Bob say anything about uh, revival if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. But I've heard uh, several Uh, seen several video clips of other ministries who said that they heard him say that. I'm completely unaware of that. But as Mike Bickle said, I think it's really largely irrelevant because we don't need a prophet. We don't need a prophecy. We don't need uh, second or third hand knowledge of somebody who thought they knew somebody who knew somebody who heard a prophecy. We have the word of God. Right. All we need because the word of God is is clear. 
that there is an enormous end-time harvest coming, that revival will come before this thing comes to a close. And so we don't need a prophecy. We don't need a prophet. We just need to, to, to look to the Word of God to know and to be on our faces and to pray for revival because, as some of you know, things have not been going well in recent years, and uh, we have every reason to hope that uh, the Lord returns soon. But in the meantime, we, we'd love to see an outpouring of God's Spirit uh, across the globe. Yeah, that's right. And I think the the danger comes in, obviously, when we're relying on people to interpret God's word and we're relying on prophecies and that kind of thing. And what I'm hearing you say is, hey, let's let's stick to what we know is true from the word of God and let that be the thing that directs us. Exactly. So I also got another really great question, which I'm going to uh, throw out at you. But before I throw it out at you, you and I have been, we've been palling around for a long time. I mean, we've known each other for a Many years now, you've been a speaker out on the homeschool circuit. You and I have talked about homeschooling here at the podcast. Uh, We've talked about uh, God's heart for families and marriages. You've done a fantastic job of encouraging uh, parents to really be present in the parenting of their children and husbands to really uh, focus on loving their wives and being leaders and lovers really of their families. But recently, you know, you're a grandfather now. What, you've got seven grandkids. Amazing. Right. Right. And recently, and you and I are always talking about getting off the bench, and you always joke with me and tell me that you're behind me to the last drop of my blood. Right. I still am. <laughs> Which I'm like, I know. I'm like, wait, should that hurt my feelings? Anyway, I got a question from a listener, and she said, hi, Heidi, I'm wondering how I can get more involved in politics. I'm very passionate about getting off the bench and onto the battlefield about issues facing their country. The problem is I don't even know where to start. And so I, you recently announced that you are running for city council. So uh, for those of you who are listening to this, Steve Lambert, you live in Lee's Summit, just outside of Kansas City, right? Is Lee's Summit like a, almost a suburb of Kansas City? And you're running for city council, which I, I'm just so proud you can hardly stand it because really you could just, you know, retire and, and uh, kick, your, kick your feet up and play golf but you're actually getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. So I'd like to kind of hear, first of all, why did you do that? And then maybe we can move into answering uh, Talia's question about how to do it. Sure. Well, you're right. And there are lots of days that um, kicking back and putting my feet up sounds pretty appealing. But unfortunately, I think um, the world is is changing rapidly and the ground is shifting under our feet. And much of that shifting is because Christians have been largely complacent, uh, have not wanted to get involved in the political process, uh, have been the good guys who just sat quietly and trusted that everything was going to turn out okay. But in reality, things are not turning out okay. And people who have a different worldview from a, from a, a, a traditional Orthodox Christian worldview have been busy. Very, very busy, busy networking, busy working, busy getting involved in government uh, at every level. I think I just read recently that some 5,000 Muslims have filed for political office this year. And because they're wanting to get involved and and, uh, espouse their vision and their values for the future of America. And so I've never been politically involved. I don't like politics. The word kind of makes my skin crawl. But I've come to understand that politics informs policy, and policy determines the future that our children and our grandchildren will live in, the world that we're going to leave behind for them to inherit if the Lord doesn't return first. And so I think it's incumbent on all of us, at whatever level, 
to get up off the bench and get involved, to use your hashtag off the bench, um, because we have something to say. We have a point of view that needs to be heard in the marketplace, and we may or may not win those elections, and we may or may not carry the day in terms of policy decisions, but we owe it to our children and our grandchildren to get off the bench and at least try to make a difference. Yeah, that's right. And you're completely right when you say, you know, I think a lot of people can sympathize. We don't necessarily love politics, right? It's it's kind of a dirty business. But this this vacuum, this lack of Christian voices is the reason, frankly, that we are struggling right now with Drag Queen Story Hour, which I know is now in your neck of the woods, because when you and I started talking about this, it wasn't there, but it was here. And now it's there also. But I'm always telling listeners, listen, what would happen if you know, people who we consider ourselves just ordinary citizens, right? You're just, you know, doing your thing, getting groceries, playing with your grandkids, you know, hanging out with your wife, doing minding your own business, while you're completely right to observe that the other side of this has been very, very busy. And they've been infiltrating the uh, the parks and rec boards. They've been infiltrating school boards. They're on city council. They're on the library boards. And when we don't have Christian voices in the vacuum, then they're filled by people who don't who don't know the Lord and aren't guided by His Spirit, and it kind of gets us to where we are right now. That's exactly right, and that's that's how we've gotten to the point we are. And I I don't know I don't have any vision necessarily, like I said, that we're going to carry the day or that we're going to dramatically change policy. Um, this country's got quite a head of steam heading, in my opinion, in the wrong direction, and we may not. It may be too late to turn the train around, but I think we owe it to our kids. To at least try, because I don't want, you know, your grandkids someday to look back and go, Mom, Dad, why didn't you try to stop this thing from happening? And I and yeah. I'd like to be able to say, well, we tried, and and perhaps we're successful. Yeah, that's right. And you, so you did something really outside of your comfort zone, and you're you're a very well known national speaker. I've heard you speak dozens of times over the years, and so you're comfortable in front of people, but you've not necessarily wanted to get involved in politics. And I'd love for people to hear uh, a where you're from and kind of why you decided to get off the bench uh, there in Lee Summit, Missouri, and what that so far what that experience has been like for you. What's happening is, and this is my opinion, so your listeners need to form their own opinion. But in my opinion, what's happening is, uh, well, even let's back up a step before that. From my point of view, the best government is self-government. If we could all govern ourselves, that's all the government we would need. We wouldn't need anything else. Now, the Bible tells us that we can't govern ourselves, that we're born of the sin nature, and and that's another story for another time. But the best government is self-government. And then beyond that, it's what you can do for your immediate family. And beyond that, it's your neighborhood. And then your then your uh, subdivision, if you live in a subdivision, uh, then it's your city, then county, then your state, finally the federal level. But at every level, higher powers are seeking to influence the levels below them. You don't have to look far yep. to see all of the globalists seeking to uh, direct American policy in terms of environmentalism, in terms of um, all kinds of subjects. And so there's the United Nations and other globalists who are saying to the United States, you need to change the way you do business. And maybe we do or maybe we don't, but that's for America to decide, not foreign governments. Then the national government is telling local people, this is how you should live your lives. And most of us remember the debacle of Michelle Obama telling school children, this is what you ought to be eating for lunch. If it's small schools, large schools, city schools, rural schools didn't make any difference. And the outcome was 
millions and millions of tons of good lunch food thrown in the garbage because it's not what the kids were willing to eat. So there's a constant trickle-down effect that those above us seek to control or influence our local um, policy. And that's what's beginning to happen in our little community. I say the little, it's 100,000 people. It would be a large city in most places, but it's just a small part of the Kansas City metropolitan area. And so I see um, coastal influences, uh, National League of Cities. There's lots of different organizations that are seeking to tell all cities, this is what your future should look like. These are the ways you should grow. This is what your infrastructure should be. These are the types of housing you should be building for your community. Lee Summit has grown from 100 people to 100,000 over the last 150 years, and it's done it on the basis of good Midwest common sense. The folks who lived here, the stakeholders in our community are the ones who've made those decisions and made those choices, and they've created a community that's, you know, it's one of the top cities in the country. It has top-flight schools. It has top-flight parks and recreation, the fine arts activities, beautiful land, uh, wonderful income, property values um, going up. And it's the kind of city that most people would like to live in. And all of that has come about because local citizens since 1865 have said, this is what we want for our future. But now I'm seeing outside influences, not direct meddling or intervention per se, but other people at the regional and national and international level saying, oh, you guys are doing this all wrong. You're building your city wrong. This is what your city ought to look like. And I think if we're going to write a check for our future, one that our children, our grandchildren are going to have to cash, we owe it to ourselves to make sure that we're writing a fiscally prudent and socially responsible check that um, that doesn't rock the boat and keeps our city uh, moving forward rather than regressing. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that you, uh, as a, as a person of faith, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to be able to influence, to use your influence to be able to influence those around you with godliness, uh, to me is a tremendous asset. And so what you've done was you said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run for a city council. And so now this is going to come back to this, this mama's question. She's like, how do you even do that? So when you, I'm assuming, I know that you prayed about this because you called me, you know, weeks before you guys ever announced that you were going to do it. And you said, Hey, we're thinking about this. We have this opportunity. Would you pray for? So that's step number one right, is to to really pray. And then once you said, yeah, this is what the Lord wants me to do, where did you go from there? Well, you need to find uh, a small uh, compadre of, of uh, you know, a group of friends who will stand with you, because frankly, it's a somewhat lonely enterprise. Uh, people who've told you they were your friends, when you tell them you're running for office, suddenly seem to disappear and, and uh, don't return your text and so forth. And that's just being real. Oh, that's so frustrating. I'm but so frustrated we- for you. Yeah, well, so you so you need to gather a handful of faithful people around you who will pray for you, who will encourage you, who will lift your arms up when you become weary in the process. Then you begin to make some inquiries at whatever level, whether it's for the school board, whether it's for uh, city government, county government, uh, library board, whatever it is, and find out exactly what the requirements are. And there are lots of them. Uh, there's lots of dot, uh, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed. So they're going to give you Uh, information on filing deadlines and what you can and can't do in terms of taking 
uh, fundraising gifts from supporters and the reporting that you have to do to your state and ethics council and so forth. So you need to do some background and you need to surround yourself with some people who will, like I said, hold your hand up and encourage you. And then you begin the actual political journey, which involves um, getting some media attention, sending out some some press releases to local uh, magazines. Now, have you had people around you? So I'm assuming that there are people around you, that this is what they do. And yeah. they're kind of coaching you and kind of helping you and kind of telling you, because I know that's true here in my in my neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest. If I were to decide, hey, I want to run for city council or if I was to decide I want to run for, you know, Congress, uh, I my first thing might be to to connect with uh, the Republican Party and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Can you guys give me uh, some direction? And I think that's what's happened with you, too. Right. You've got people around you who are telling you, OK, here's step one, step two. Yeah, it's, that's that's right, Heidi. You you want to find people who are politically involved and savvy, and often they've run, uh, maybe they've turned out, maybe they've served on the school board, or they've served in the city council, but they can no longer serve because they've been there. You need to make contact with local Republican parties, local conservative parties, be creative, ask questions. I mean, I'm speaking at two different events in the next couple of weeks, but I would have never never uh, made connected the dots. They're both uh, one's the Eastern Jackson County Pachyderm Club. Well, Pachyderm obviously, <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I would not have made that connection. I uh, just right. spoke today at the area conservatives group that meets uh, one night a month, and so those people have have experience. They have uh, a sense of the pulse of what's going on, what districts are open, uh, what places you might run more successfully than others, what you might be qualified to 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 uh you know to to do well in an election as a candidate in one particular arena they can plug you into financial supporters they can plug you into printers for prices on yard signs or whatever else you might need and without them holding your hand i think most of us would flounder a little bit so i would i would yeah. begin by praying about it as you said then find several friends confide in them this is what i feel like the lord showed me to do would you pray with me and then start putting out feelers for local conservatives or Republicans who might have wisdom and experience to help steer your, your campaign. Yeah. And the other thing I think is so important about what you're doing is you're really setting an example saying, Hey, anybody can do this. You guys can do this. If you've got the the desire and the Lord's put it on your heart, you don't have to be a career politician that you've never been involved in politics. As long as I've ever known you, I'm assuming not before then either. And yet this has been on your heart. So you're in, so for people who are listening and they think, where is this guy? Uh, and c- how can I support him? Uh, do people have to be in your city to support you financially or can anybody do it? No, anybody in the world can support us. My uh, website is Lambert, L-A-M-B-E-R-T, the numeral four L-S, as in the summit, dot com. So Lambert for L-S dot com. And you can learn about some of the issues here. You can learn about my background. And there's a place there that you can make a financial contribution, donate to the campaign. It it costs a lot of money. I just was getting prices on yard signs to put up in people's yards, and there's several thousand dollars worth of just the yard signs, and then there's all kinds of other expenses as well. So, yeah, I would love to have some financial support from your listeners anywhere in the world. They can make a contribution where there's five dollars or five thousand dollars. So, that's a place they can follow the follow the campaign. 
And then if you live in Lee's Summit, uh, can anybody that lives in Lee's Summit uh, vote for you, get involved in helping you, or is it a, sp- a particular part of Lee's Summit uh, that you're looking for the vote? Anybody in Lee's Summit can get involved in the campaign process, can put a yard sign in their yard, can volunteer to knock on doors or to address envelopes. Uh, the people who can vote for me live in District 1. There are four districts in Lee Summit. So District 1, if you're from Lee Summit and you're listening, is roughly from 163rd Street on the south up to about Shipman Road, not quite, and from Ward Road on the west over to Ranson Road in the east. So that central swath of the southern half of the city right down the middle is District 1. So if you live there, you can vote for me. But if you live anywhere in the world, you can contribute. And if you live in Lee Summit, anywhere else, you can put up a sign or help. So I love that. So, uh, Steve, I am so encouraged. I I feel like uh, every time, you know, I talk to you or just and you and I and Jane and Jay, we've been hanging around as friends now for a long time. But it's encouraging for me to watch you not like, you know, you like I said, you could kick your feet up your retirement age. You could just say, no, forget this. I'll let the young people do it. (laughs) You're really you're encouraging me just by your example. And I know you're encouraging a lot of people who are listening uh, today. So we're going to be praying for you. And for those of you who want information about what uh, Steve is doing and how to support him, I will link back to Steve Lambert in the show notes today. And also uh, we will be talking a little bit more about how you can get involved. You can go to that in the show notes also. And we just want to encourage you, right? The One of the biggest things we can do is not just pray for you, Steve, right? But for for the so many people who are looking around going, oh my goodness, we should probably do something. Yeah, everything that's happened around us, as I said at the very outset, is simply because people who have differing points of view, um, including those of us who claim Christ as our Savior, have largely simply sat on our hands and watched the world. And uh, we, you know, we constitute a huge percentage, perhaps a majority, uh, but at least in terms of if we all got off the bench, we would be an enormous minority. Uh, if not a majority, and able to have significant influence at every level of government. But if we're not in the game, then, you know, we can't complain about the score. Yeah, that's exactly right. And speaking of the score, uh, I do want to say congratulations on uh, the Chiefs winning. That was a pretty, that was pretty fun for me to watch. I don't obviously live anywhere near Kansas City, but whenever you guys are uh, involved in either it's uh, baseball or football, I'm always like, okay, I got to get into the game because my friend Steve and Jane, this matters to you people. (laughs) Well, I can only say that that the miracle of me becoming involved in politics is only eclipsed by you becoming involved in the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're completely right. Well, Steve, my friend, uh, you you know that Jay and I are praying for you and excited to see what God will do. And I hope everybody listening to this will go over to your website, Lambert for the number four, lsleesummit.com and get involved in supporting you and praying for you. And uh, we're just going to wait with anticipation and see what God will do. Thank you so much, my friend, for getting off the bench in real time and onto the battlefield. It sure is an encouragement to me. Thanks for the opportunity to be on your show today, uh, Heidi, and thanks for having my back and supporting me to the last drop of your blood. It's uh, a little (laughs) strange to change places, but I appreciate, as always, your encouragement. And 
your wisdom and your prayers. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. For more information on Steve Lambert and for what he is doing for his hometown in Lee's Summit, Missouri, you can visit me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Click on the show notes. And I hope you guys will join us in just encouraging uh, men and women around us who are willing to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. As I said earlier, I am in Lakeland, Florida for my women's conference, Faith That Speaks. It's not too late to join us. And we really ask that you'd be praying for us this weekend as uh, Kathy Barnett, who is also off the bench and running for Congress in Pennsylvania, and my friend Elizabeth Johnston, as we minister to the women tonight at our Della Baptist Church. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.